Oh, Jotaro, please forgive me. Forgive you? Why don't you ask forgiveness from Inyaba, the woman you killed? We never had any intention of forgiving you. But please, Dio paid me in advance. Yare, yare. You truly are the lowest scum in history. Now wait for my theme song to start playing so I can beat the crap out of you. Is that your dad? Dad, not now. I, I need my theme song. I need my, my actual theme song. <laughs> he looks a lot like you. I'm kind of surprised. Like, that's uncanny. He has no dignity. Hey everybody and welcome back to No Dignity, the Jojo Shoujo with the best mojo. I'm your host, Chris Ng. Woo! And I'm Alejandro Vargas III. And uh, today we are doing part two of our Jojo OP rundown, this time focusing on the music itself. But before we do that, we've got a quick announcement. Um, we've done it, everybody. It's happened. It's here. Patreon.com slash No Dignity Podcast. Oh my god! Yeah, so if you don't know what Patreon is, um, it's basically a way you can donate a little bit of money to us each month um, and uh, help us do new and interesting things with the show. Um, you know, we've only got two tiers, so we've got the $1 tier and the $5 tier, uh, and basically uh, it's a way to help us get a little bit of cash in our pockets and keep the show a priority for us. Um, now, we both love doing this show. We uh, have a compulsion to talk about JoJo and a second compulsion to apparently broadcast that conversation to the world. And we love doing it. We love sharing it and making it with you guys. And this show will always be free for as long as we make it. We're not going to put anything behind a paywall. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, we've got a lot of other things in our lives, uh, a lot of other creative projects, a lot of other personal responsibilities. And so, um, you know, the little bit of money can help us keep us a priority you know um also alex needs a couple of gear upgrades um and, and i think in the future once all this covid nonsense is over i think we'd love to go to a convention or two um oh that'd be amazing. right and so maybe even meet some of you in, in person so you know um anything that you can send our way we would be super super appreciative again it's uh, patreon.com slash no dignity podcast if you can't do it, if you're not in that financial place, please don't feel guilty about it. We're both fine. We, we're not desperately in need of money. <laughs> um, and I don't want to put anyone into like a, a place of financial hardship. If you're just not there, that's totally okay. There are other ways you can help the show. Um, you know, give it a five-star rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Give it a like on Spotify. That Those two things help boost the signal of the, the podcast. It gets recommended more. It shows up in people's feeds as a suggestion. And so um, that can help you know expand our audience. You can just tell a friend, tweet about us, steal your friend's phone, and make uh, subscribe to the podcast for them. Um, Play it all simultaneously on every computer in your house. You know. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, you know, we're hoping to make the show grow a little bit. And, um, you know, if you can help us out, we would super appreciate it. We thank you all so much for listening. Um, and, uh, you know, it's been fun getting to know you guys and, and we'll just see where the show goes from here. So 
last time patreon.com slash no dignity podcast all one word all right enough of that um let's talk about our beautiful jojo ops um as the beautiful beautiful songs that they are that represent the heart and soul of what is jojo's bizarre adventure um there are of course nine entries but i have a surprise 10th entry for you um i'm waiting to see this one you're only kind of waiting to see it because we actually recorded this once already and uh or at least this part of it (laughs) We recorded literally the, the what I'm about to say, and then my computer crashed, so we're kind of redoing this part. Uh, and I always feel awkward faking it. So Alex has heard this next part, but that's all he's heard. Um, we. I'm sorry for lying to you. No, audience. it's all right. You were you're trying to keep the illusion up. Uh, so my entry for number ten, no, the worst one in my opinion, is Crazy Noisy Bizarre Town EDM version. The one everybody forgets exists for good reason. It is trash. Um, and while I may not uh, love agree. every single JoJo uh, OP equally, this one is so far on the bottom for me. So far. Uh, it's just the, the, the qualities that I think make Crazy Noisy Bizarre Town a really good song are gone um, in the EDM version. The beat is, I will give it that the intro is okay. Um, past that, it's pretty bad. It takes out the horn section, it takes out the funk groove, it takes out pretty much all the parts that make it really great, and then replaces it with like generic Euro trash EDM. Um, and not to say that like all <laughs> EDM is bad, but this EDM is bad, like it's not even high quality EDM. Um, and so that gives a special, special spot in hell for me. The crazy, noisy, bizarre town. EDM edition. I don't even know what they were thinking. I think they realized they didn't know what they were thinking because they only use it for like three episodes and then they change their mind and go back. <laughs> yeah, that's such a such an anomaly. Like, why would you just suddenly have this like alternate version of the opening? Not significant to like the plot or anything. And it's just there for like a few episodes. Right? It's like <laughs> I think it it sort of coincides with maybe the appearance of every stand in the opening because you know the, the stands don't appear for koichi at first yeah um, until he actually activates it but i don't that's like a terrible like what koichi's represented by electro dance music like it doesn't make any sense none of it makes any sense i can see it i'm just saying i can see it you know koichi's the audience stand-in we're seeing the op through his eyes and so we're seeing him uh, pose himself in the third person. Oh boy, that's why it looks so awkward. <laughs> Koichi likes EDM, no dignity. Oh no, no, don't don't Ooh. at me, EDM fans. It's fine. You can like whatever you want. I just think I happen to think a lot of EDM sounds like uh, you know a, a telephone ringing, but you know whatever. <laughs> that's just me. Uh, EDM reminds me, just so heavily of the year 2007 i don't know why yeah all right well (laughs) now to the actual list um we're gonna go from in our opinion worst to best um and i don't think i don't think this is actually gonna surprise anybody um my number nine is chase oh hey what do you know that's also mine
Yeah. And here's the funny thing about it. So I was listening to it right before we started recording, right? It's it's really <laughs> the beginning of a song, the official full length song. It's actually pretty cool. Um, I, I think the part that they choose to use in the intro is not the best part of that song. Um, so, I mean, look, look, like, let's break it down. It's like sort of punkish rock, kind of like a, a Blink-182. Is that even right? <laughs> Hold on, I better check this. It could be a Green Day, who knows? It's not quite Green Day. Is it? Actually, I can't. No, wait, that is Green Day. Never mind. Yeah, it's really... Yeah. I, think, I think I get what you're yeah, talking it's, about. It's like. kind of got a Blink-182 vibe, but a little bit harder. Um, you know, it's... What I will give it credit for is that it is definitely timeline appropriate. So Diamond is Unbreakable shows up in 1999. This is definitely a song that would have been playing in 1999. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think the beginning of the vocals is rough for for this version because it, it starts out sort of out of tune, sort of whiny, like... Like, uh, it's, it's not strong and I get like, that's the vibe they're going for, but I don't know. It's, it's just not a great song. It's the only OP I don't have in my playlist on my phone, which should tell you something. Um, <laughs> although I have been thinking about adding it cause there occasionally I do feel like listening to it cause it gets stuck in my head, but I might look for the full version cause the full version, like I said, is better somehow. Um, <laughs> and I think you know we've talked about this before sort of when we were doing the the visuals is like this feels like the most generic anime intro song of the group um you know you could drop this in front of generic shonen one or two and it, it would be like oh yeah that's that's what it is it's it's rough it's hardcore it's whatever um so yeah that's that's <laughs> how I feel about it I, I guess the lyrics are actually pretty cool um i think that the lyrics actually fit the the theme really well um but yeah it's it's not great for me it's not my favorite <laughs> I, I i kind of the way that i i kind of value these i think is it stance in my running playlist aha uh-huh. because like certain songs are way better to run to than other ones you are you are and it a, kinda helps um, you like official marathon completer of the elliot marathon yes uh twice, twice. over so I think I know a thing or two about moving feet in front of other feet. <laughs> um, and yeah, I don't know. Chase is just a hard one to kind of like get into the rhythm to when you're running. Unless you're just going out in like a full on sprint. Because like uh, I feel my heart like with the twangs of that guitar right in the beginning. Where it's like. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it feels like i have to go faster if i want to match up with it and it just it's not a good time uh listening to it when you're out uh trying to run yeah and i think there are aspects of the melody that just it's not a very strong melody like even that chase you chase you it's like there's too much of a jump and they you know they're intentionally not singing it exactly in tune i think the background is pretty sharp, but the vocals are so sloppy. Um, and it just kind of gives a sort of sludgy, trudgy vibe to it. I could see how it would be hard to run to because it's not crisp. Um, it's not as it, it's not as driving as you think it's going to be, you know, 
Because mm-hmm. like, I think that's the best way. You yeah, could. like it sounds like it's gonna be intense, and then the vocals come in, and it's just kind of like lazy and uncoordinated. Yeah, uh, this is 1999. They missed the grunge era by a little bit. <laughs> it does got a little grunge influence to it. Um, that said, I mean, like I said, I, I still enjoy parts of it. It's just not the of the nine. I think it's the worst. <laughs> I agree. I, I agree wholeheartedly. All right, hit me with your number eight. Oh, my number eight. This one might might turn some heads, but uh, I'm gonna say it anyway. Uh, Sono Chino Sodome. No, that's my number eight. Oh. That's weird. You know, I you know you're a musician, and I have been playing a little ukulele lately. I think <laughs> my soul's starting to get that you know that musician, uh, you know, beat going on. But yeah, Sonochino Sadame, it's big, it's bold, it's beautiful, but it feels like I go out of my way when I listen to that one. Like, it's not something that would come up naturally in my uh, playlist. It doesn't feel like something that, like, I could just go around doing something listening to. It's, like, big and it's bold, and when I'm running, when it's playing, I feel like I'm Jonathan uh, holding the rugby ball. Um, It makes me feel big and strong and everything, but, like... It just feels like such like a like an out of the way kind of song, uh, at the very least in comparison to the other JoJo ones. You know, I think its bigness and its boldness kind of does it a disservice if you're just listening to it on its own. Mm. Like as a piece of music, you mean? Like yeah. it, it serves its function well as an intro, which is I, I think this is really interesting. I wouldn't have guessed this from you because you you rated the visuals so highly. Oh yeah, I I love the visuals. Right, and I think the uh, the song works perfectly with them, but like outside of it, it's you know it's a little so-so. Yeah, so I mean there there are I I do like this song a lot. I will actually listen to it by itself. Um, when I first started watching JoJo, I listened to this song continuously. Um, it's got a lot of things that are my weakness. It's got horns. I love horn sections. Um, in anything you throw horns in or any kind of orchestral aspects into like a pop music and i'm on board um it's got a lot of driving factors um it has the pickup like the part about i think it's about a minute in where it goes it's really driving and it gives you a lot of energy and i love that part too um i think there are a couple of weird dead spots in the song um so after like the final that part, it's like really kind of loses the momentum for me. There's a little bit of movement in the guitar, but it's just <laughs> it's just Tommy uh Tomanaga, who's the, the singer, uh just kind of holding a note, and it's just not it kind of slows down. It's a little bit of the same problem as Chase. Um, the, it sort of loses the intensity that it starts with. Unlike Chase, it finds it again, um, when it goes to that part, uh, which I think is really interesting piece of music. And then it gets the horns come back in and then everything starts speeding up again. And I think it comes back. It, it makes a recovery, but, um, there's those dead spots kind of kill it for me. Also, I, I have very mixed feelings about Tommy, 
uh, Tommy Tominaga's voice. Really? Yeah. Um, he's in this, this style of singers where it's like he's yelling. Like he is yelling at maximum volume. <laughs> it's almost like vaudevillian. And I know it's kind of a weird reference to make, but you, you've heard um, like the classic old hooray for Hollywood, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, there's no business like show. So that's all sung by a um, an early film star named Ethel Merman. Um, and she was trained in the vaudevillian style of singing, which was pre-microphone. Um, and so you were trained to sing as loud as possible so everybody in the back could hear you. That's what this sounds like to me. Like, Tommy's got one volume. <laughs> it is loud. <laughs> and that's it. Um, that said, like it works really well on this song. Uh, it's soulful. It's um, it's powerful, but you know those long sustained notes. I don't know. It, it gets a little, it gets a little boring for me. Um, so yeah, I have very mixed feelings about it. I think it's, I wouldn't be able to listen to a whole album of him. This song works for the most part, and of course <laughs> that final Jojo is like iconic and amazing, and uh, I give him all the props for that. But yeah, I don't know his his voice is sort of like a fifty fifty for me. Um, mm. I I always thought his voice was a a very strong part of that song. Like I liked it. It invoked the feeling of a giant muscly man screaming at me. Yeah, I mean, because it, it, it is. <laughs> <laughs> um that that said one of the reasons i i, I kind of know it's the voice is because uh shoko nakagawa uh the 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 pop star who's like obsessed with iraqi um did a cover of it uh and, oh, I've and seen it's it. really good and her voice her version I, I think i like a little bit better Then this one, um, which I very controversial, I know. So, um, there, I've, I've said my things about Tommy. Uh, I mean, I like, yeah, I don't know. It, uh, I don't know. Maybe I was too harsh, but yeah, I don't know. That's how I feel. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to invalidate your feelings, uh, but hit me with that number seven. Number seven, stand proud. Stand proud? I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, look, we're getting into the territory now where I had to put them in order, um, and it's they're like barely out of order. Um, and he, here's why I will say Stand Proud is probably number seven for me. It does did not draw me in the first time I heard it. Um, it is a little bit more straight ahead, generic, like hard rock slash metal. Um, it doesn't do a whole lot, like in terms of interesting sequences, different instrumentation. It's just sort of a straight ahead, um, like metal song, including like the use of the double bass drum, that sound um, in the beginning, right? Um, the mm -hmm. singer, what's his name? Jin, Hashimi, uh, Jin Hashimoto. I think I like his voice better than Tommy, um, than Tommy's. So that's why I think it, it goes up 
one slot higher than Sonochino Sadame, and I think also um, the energy in this song does not let up. So it, it starts at an intensity and it stays at that intensity full bore all the way until the end. Um, the ending sequence of Oda 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 Oda. Um, oh no, is that the, that's not even that one. That's the other one. Ah. No, that one's the next one. That's funny. See, I, I'm I'm even I'm even getting its good qualities mixed up with other things. Hold on, I'm gonna pop this on the background while I'm here. <laughs> so there is there is a really amazing guitar solo in the middle of it, and I do like the end, but bottom, 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 like that use of space um and silence, I think is really cool and strong. Um that's something that doesn't get talked enough about in music is where you're using silence can be really impactful. And I think in this song uses it very, very well um, to break up that intensity just to give your ears and your brain enough of a break that when it comes back, you're, you're good to go on it. Um, and I think that the melody of this song fits really well with what's going on. Um, I think Jin's voice is a little bit more soulful. Like you can kind of feel like, like it's a, a giant muscle man, but a giant muscle man with feelings. <laughs> um, and, and like <laughs> understanding the gravitas of the situation of protecting his family. Uh, I think that comes out really well. Uh, I think a weaker point of the song for me is the bum bum, yeah that part i actually really like a lot but that i don't know there's something about that part that that is sort of to me the weakest part of the song um it doesn't seem like it fits that's that's, i don't know that's that's crazy because like i i placed that song high up on my Uh, list and i think it's that sequence that really helps like do it for me (laughs) like uh i i don't know because you know um you know, it feels like a song that I can listen to by itself. Um, if I like those like pauses and like that little beat they had going on there. Um, when I was listening to it when I was running, I'd imagine myself like um, just shooting like straight ahead, kind of like the stars in the intro. Yeah, like the entire song kind of like uh, brought about that like imagery and that feeling for me, right? Where it's like nonstop, like we're going, nothing can stop the A train, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah see i was just listening to it again what i mean what is kind of cool is that it the section before it is sort of broken down in what's called like a half time so like the drums go half as fast as they were um which gives that a little bit more space for the song to breathe so you're not like at full double bass drum wave the whole time um <laughs> i think it's the harmonization part i don't know why they did that i think if they hadn't maybe it's, i don't know so like they they self harmonize him so like they chorus his voice so it's he is singing but he, his voice has been added in like three or four times um, and I don't know it's it's like the the chordal aspect of it or something about it it just doesn't feel right to me it's just not what I would have done and again I'm I if you can't tell I'm I'm a trained musician I'm very picky about things um, and that's not necessarily a good thing it makes it harder to enjoy stuff sometimes um but you know that's what it is so but i do i mean i do agree it does come that is where the intensity is coming back maybe i just don't feel like the vocals are matching that i don't know but it is a good song right. i do listen to this song it grew on me at first i didn't like it i thought it was kind of boring and then um over time it grew on me uh, much as the way a lot of things about part 3 did 
and I, I listen to the song pretty frequently. It makes sense. It makes sense. Uh, I'm going to shoot you all with my number seven right now. I only ask that no one murder me. <laughs> uh, bloody Stream. That is very interesting. I forget which part it comes from all the time. What? <laughs> How could you? Like, I'll listen to it. It sounds like JoJo, but I forget which JoJo. Like, each one of these other songs I can associate with a JoJo, mm-hmm. but like, the way that Bloody Stream is, it's a good song, right? It has part two vibes, but it, like, Joseph doesn't pop up in my head. Hmm. You get me? That's weird. He, It's like, that song is dripping with sexiness, and I don't know how you don't think about Joseph when, <laughs> you know, Joseph and Caesar I, I, jumping around... Like in, in splashing oh, colors. Covered in oil, <laughs> breathing really hard next to each other. <laughs> That's really interesting. Um, yeah, it just, it, it has the JoJo vibe. It just, it doesn't scream part two to me. And I don't know why. I think there's something broken with me. No, it's, it's fine. It is interesting though, because it's like, it's, it's one of those parts that only has one song. So like part three part four part five you could say like this song feels more like that part than the other one but part two only had one song <laughs> yeah which makes it even weirder weird. like sometimes I'll, I'll think to myself like wait what's the part two song again and then it's like oh yeah bloody stream yeah. like it just doesn't click for me all right well here we are I don't know why. bloody stream down at number seven bloody stream my number seven can you hit me with the number six number six sonochi no kyoku the other part three intro And again, now now I feel like all of these were very, very close because I love this song. Um it's got the intro boo doo 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 it is, you know, it's got the it, that um orchestral low cello opening. It goes into the the it hits the intensity of the rock slash semi metal. Um I think it's got a very interesting melody. It's it's got an almost orchestral sort of melody because um it like the whole background goes along with it. But do 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 like and everybody kind of hits along with it, which is sort of rare for a pop song. Usually pop songs or you know, a lot of rock music, the the background just kind of jams along and the singer just sings on top of it um so it really showed like the, the care and quality that they put into this song um this is also the first song that ha- was part of the joe stars group uh which took um see no hold on Sonochino. i don't even know if it's called the all-stars i want to make sure of the joe stars um <laughs> yeah so joe with the actual star and then stars which is when they take uh, Tommy Tominaga, Jin Hashimoto, and Koda, so the first three theme song singers, and put them all here at the same time. Uh, so it's like they, they basically go back and forth trading off lines. And if you listen to the whole version of the song, they the next time it comes 
through all all the lyrics, they actually switch parts. So you can hear um, different singers doing different parts of the song on diff, uh, if you listen to the entire thing. In fact, there is a version on YouTube that exists called uh, Sonochino Kyoku, but only Coda. <laughs> And they splice out <laughs> everything and just put the parts where Coda's singing in it. And so it's just him the whole time, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, I love this song. It, you know, it, it's it's the song culminating the end of part three. It's you've got all three singers coming up to it. It's it's very it tells a very strong story. Um, the end part with the auras is amazing. I, I will listen to this song pretty frequently. It pumps me up. It gets me excited. It gets me inspired. Uh, this is just a really high quality song, but I had to, I had a number of them. So down to number six, it went uh, just a casualty, just a casualty. Yeah, and it was hard. I mean, it's hard. I'm looking at it now. I'm like, did I do this right? But I think I did. <laughs> All right, what was your six? Well, my number six was, uh, was fighting gold. Yeah, you really don't like fighting gold. I just I'm not into it. Like, I, I, it grew on me, but, like, I think I'm always brought back to that first time where I listened to it, and I was just like, oh, this is the new JoJo intro? I, I think I was expecting something a whole lot more, um, I guess, higher tempo, uh, something a bit faster, something a bit more, um, uh, I guess, colorful, maybe something with a little more, like, Italian in, like, its vibe. Uh, and I don't think I ever grew out of that, like, weird expectation phase. Hmm. I think that's the main thing for me, because, like, it's a fine song, right? And it feels like JoJo. Uh, you know, it definitely feels like part five, uh, you know, now that I listen to it. But it just didn't hit that for me, like, beforehand. And I don't think it, it really, like, fills in that spot that I was expecting it to. So, fighting... I will say, it's a... It's a very good mid song for when you're running, like in the middle of like other songs. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you you are right. It is a little bit slower tempo. And I'll talk about Fighting Gold right now because Fighting Gold is actually my number five. I love this song so hard. Um, you're like, why is it number five? Because I have I have strong reasons. But um, I think if if you remember from the last episode, I was saying that I feel like a lot of part five is a reference to like a Bond film, right? Um, yeah. Of like that genre. This song could be at the beginning of a James Bond film, I think, you know? Um, especially like the more modern ones, like especially I'm thinking of like Casino Royale, the the song that was played before, like the the theme song for Casino Royale, the first Daniel Craig Bond film. Um, I, I think this song hits all the right notes in that sense. It, it's in the right key. It's got some interesting um, like background ostinatos in, in the the synth. It uses strings beautifully. Um, just these soaring strings in the middle of this kind of driving beat uh, that just pulls on me and I am a sucker for as I've already said strings or or horns or anything in the middle of it you are right it's got more of a slower groove I think it's one of the slower songs actually um, but I don't mind it 
I think it gives it a sort. It's just fast enough to be intense without it being like. It's, it doesn't really pump you up. And I don't think it's meant to. Like, it, it feels like there's this foreboding problem adventure coming up. Um, yeah. Oh, God, those strings. Those strings do it for me every time. Um, <laughs> and it just. It, this song does a really good job of building upwards towards the end like it's intensity it's it's um it's always building up towards a climax i think it does a really good job in terms of like being a storytelling type of song where it has a, a very clear destination that it's heading to um I, can see I, I also there's a couple of fun fun facts about it i mean it's also sung by coda who i think is my favorite of the uh vocalists for jojo ops um, I think his his voice is got just a little bit of gravel in it, but it's just very. I don't know how else to describe it other than it's just really sexy voice. Like it just oozes something that a lot of other singers don't have, and and I, I appreciate that about him. Also, um, and I, I found this out way later, and this really has no bearing on on how I feel about the song, but I just feel like sharing this. Uh, the lyrics for the song are by Neko. Uh, Oikawa, and the song itself is by uh, Toshiyuki Omori. These two also wrote the very famous anime song uh, OP, perhaps the most famous anime OP, the the song for Neon Genesis Evangelion. Uh, I remember reading about yeah, that. Yeah, and and these two had not worked together since then. So you know, 20, 30 years went by before they worked together and and this was the result was this beautiful song of fighting gold um i listen to the song a lot it's it's just so good um yeah i have nothing more to say about it. i just love the song <laughs> i mean i can't argue with you on that point it it is it is a nice song uh it definitely does hit those evangelion vibes i will say and i am a man of evangelion i do enjoy it uh, i enjoy feeling lonely and being confident in the fact that I will forever stay lonely. Oh, uh, <laughs> that's just the theme of the series. Um, uh, I There's nothing to do now beyond just hit my number five, which is Traitor's Requiem. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I like it better than Fighting Gold, so that's one. It grows on me. It has a really cool buildup, right? Where, you know, uh, you're kind of like thrust into it. Uh, and it... it I, I gotta, like, <laughs> I wish there was a way to describe the visuals that pop up in my head when I listen to that song. Mm. Um, yeah, because it's, like, it feels like such, like, a, I, like, I think Bond. Like, yeah, like, 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 Bond, you know? It starts off kind of slow, um, and then it has this, like, glorious feeling in the beginning, uh, which would equate to when, like, he opens up the window. Mm. And, you know, the logo pops up and everything. And I really like that, like, little, like, sense of calm and, like, joy right before you head into, like, the... Um, you know, with all different stand uses and everything. Uh, it's just... It's a, it's a piece of music that I, I listened to the most when I was on campus, just, like, walking around and everything. Mm -hmm. um, and it's one that is very good uh, when I'm trying to, like, build up some energy back. Um, <laughs> in the middle of whatever I'm doing. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, my analysis aren't uh, as in-depth oh, no, as no, yours. No, 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 it's, uh, it's again, uh, 
my abilities are not do not make me better. It makes me worse because I can't enjoy stuff as well. <laughs> uh, but I do enjoy Trader's Requiem. In fact, that is actually my number four. Um, mm. So it's weird. We're, we're actually more aligned than I thought we were going to be. Um, oh. Trader's Requiem, I think you're right. It's got the vibe correct of that, that Bond movie. The, the orchestral arrangement here is even better than in Fighting Gold. Um, I also really love Daisuke Hasegawa's voice on this. I think it's it, it he has to do a lot in this song. He's got a lot of range. He's got a hit. He's got you know some soft. He's got fast. He's got loud. He's got high. He's got mid range, and he deals with all of it very well. Um, I don't know. I I I listen to this song a lot too, and this one again a lot of the same feelings I get from. Um, uh, Sonochino Kyoku. It, it's just got a lot of inspiration for me. It pumps me up. It inspires me. It makes me feel a lot of emotions, uh, which is always great in a song. Um, it's also partially composed by Yugo Kano, who is the uh, the background music composer for parts three, four, and five. Um, and so what's what's really cool is if you listen to the full version of the song. Um, when it gets to the part, like in, uh, in the, in the OP animations, the version where, uh, you get gold experience Requiem and things start reversing, um, it goes, it Plays is um, and that's actually Bucciarati's <laughs> theme. Um, so he layers that theme song into that you've been hearing all the all along into the actual OP song, which I think is really really cool. Um, and I, I feel bad for Alex because I'm, I'm going to go back and edit all these little examples in there. <laughs> and all he all he gets is to hear me sing it <laughs> badly. So um, is the audience not going to hear you sing? Oh, it? no, they will. But they'll also hear what I'm actually talking about. You, oh, you're going to have to listen to the music. You're going to have to listen to it later. It's magic. Um, yeah. So this is this is also really good. I think it, it fits really well um, with the vibe of the Bond films, especially the opening of this, the visuals on this. I think the visuals in this song match maybe better than any other one, especially that opening shot. Yeah, I, 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 I'm inclined to agree, but I don't fully agree that it's like the one that matches the visuals the most. Well, maybe, maybe not the most, but it does match well. It, it does it, does it fit that that need to be more Italian <laughs> that you were talking about? Yes, it does actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I get, I get that. <laughs> I get what you're trying to say there. It's like, yeah, it didn't feel Italian. This one feels more Italian. I don't know what that means. It just. I also like how he just uh, he 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 yells out "Hell no," and like I just I fell in love. That's like oh yes. All right. I fell in love What's your number it. four? Oh, my number four, uh, Sonochi no Kyoku. Nice, nice. There's something about it. Just something about this tune. Something about the slow buildup. Uh, you know the sudden like violin going on. You know, uh, the fact that it just kind of gets like louder as it goes on. Um, <laughs> the fact that I can associate like a visual with like every like tune in that song, right? Mm -hmm. 
it, it's just one of those things where like I'll listen to it and I'm running and I get lost in it, right? Like, um, you know, it, it hypes me yeah. up. Um, it feels like I'm I'm watching the opening in my head. Uh, yes. So I, I guess I think yeah that one is the one that matches up the most of the visuals for you me. You what you you are right, and it does do a like I said. I think I said that before about this one, or maybe it was Fighting Gold, but this one also does a really good job of telling a story in the song. Exactly. Yeah, and you're, yeah. you're totally right. I, I, what I am listening to, I can picture the visuals perfectly. This is one of those things, and it, it feels, it felt so iconic because, like, we were building up to, like, the end of part three, which was, like, such a long part. Um, and so we got this very, like, hey guys, remember, the end is in sight. And this song just kind of reinforced that. Like, uh, you better prepare to cry. Right. <laughs> Especially, I guess, if you had, if you knew it was going to happen. Um, this this song probably hits different when... Well, I know it hits different when you know it's going to happen. But I guess if you were a manga reader, <laughs> um, or I guess if you watched the OVA, um, and you knew what was going to happen, that song probably hit different the first time it aired. One of the five people in America who saw the right. OVA. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what are we on, three? Uh, yeah, part three. Number three. Uh, well, my number three is a song from part three, uh, Stand Proud. All right, all right, do tell. Something about the guitar opening, right? It just does it for me. Uh, maybe it's because I'm really into rock, but it just does it for me. And I like how it reminds me of the part three, like, battle theme. Mm-hmm. Like, it reminds me of it a whole lot, especially when you get into, like, the, <laughs> like the, the chorus section. Um, it just, it feels like this is a song that, you know, they can fight to within the show itself. Like, it feels like, like, near the end of season one of part three, like, this should have been played somewhere when they were fighting. Mm. I feel like it encapsulates, uh, encapsulates, uh, like, the feeling of part three and the vibe of part three and how, you know, it's like overcoming your enemies, uh, standing proud for something, you know, that came across generations ago really just carrying this line with you and carrying this like uh this like i don't want to put it like not power but carrying this like confidence yeah and this like transcendent feeling of purpose right. yeah yeah for sure yeah yeah I, I i nerd out over this one yeah it is uh easy it to is say. definitely good i'm actually i feel bad i put it at six but oh well i stand by my choices <laughs> All right, give me number three. number three. Crazy, noisy, bizarre town. Um, that's a that's a two and up, buddy. That's that's illegal. No, and I. I well, well, when I talk about the next two, it'll it'll make sense. Um, so, Crazy Noisy the Bizarre Town is uh, sort of an anomaly in, in in a contradiction to all the other ones that I've talked about so far. Talking about like my love for a song that has storytelling and, and that has direction, this has none of that. It's just funky. It's super funky. Um, <laughs> and it's got a great horn section. The intro just kills. Just. Uh, just that 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 horn section going up while we are falling through the atmosphere towards Morio is like just perfect um, every single time. I love this song. It is um, 
Yeah, it's just funky as all get out and it's it doesn't really have a bad spot for it in it for me. Um even sort of like it's still pretty good. I think the, the horns have really good lines in the background. Um I, I think the one of the testaments to how good this song is that is the number massive number of remixes or mashups that there are for this song and other things, um, including yeah. like Bruno Mars. Um, Charles Barkley's Space Jam song. Um, there is actually one on YouTube, look it up, where it's just got a ton of different mashups in it. And it's just such a great, I don't know, I just love this song. I think for me too, part of the effect was um, seeing this after part three. Because um, part three breaks your heart and you come away feeling a little heavy and you're like, where is this story going to go? You know, um, is anybody ever going to be happy ever again? Um, and then you get through a couple of episodes with no intro. And then all of a sudden here we are, uh, crazy, noisy, bizarre town. And you're like, Oh, cool. Like part four is going to be different somehow. Look at all these fellas dancing and look at this sweet, sweet groove. Um, <laughs> And yeah, so I just love the song, and that's why I hate the EDM version so much. It removes all the funk elements. Um, and then, uh, oh, fun fact, this uh, song is actually written by Coda, even though he didn't perform it. Mm. He's actually the one that wrote it. So, I, you know, Coda's all over the place with uh, with JoJo music. In fact, <laughs> did you know he performs the OP for uh, the Rohan OVAs? I have not actually listened to the OPs to the Rohan OVAs. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um it it fits the vibe of, or actually I think it's the ED. It might be the ending. Um, it's really good. You should listen to it, especially because one of the lyrics is like, "Seeking the truth beyond heaven's door." And I was like, mm, "Perfect, beautiful." <laughs> so anyway, that that is yeah, my love for sound. This song. <clears throat> yeah, uh, this song is my number two because it makes me feel like I'm young again. You. You are 19. <laughs> <laughs> it makes feel me feel young like again. how I was before I got before I got self-conscious about whether I'm going to make money as an adult. You are 19 years old. <laughs> it, fe it feels like I woke up. It feels like I woke up early on a Friday to see one of those obscure cartoons. They only play like uh, like two times a week. Right. And like it's so exciting. It's so high energy. And I love it. And I love the Mexican remix of it where they add a, a few more instruments, um, <laughs> like an accordion and a maraca. Oh, I haven't and it's, seen that one. It's beautiful. Okay, I that one. It's beautiful. Um, it, it inspires so much joy within me, right? Like, cr like crazy, noisy, bizarre town. Like, I heard it for the first time, and I just had to know what it was. What it was. Like I, I listened to the first time and just like that's going in the playlist. Like that is that is something I am vibing with hard. Right? Like if you know, if if <laughs> if a song could like vibe any harder, it's just the one of my number one spot. 
but give me your number two. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, no, I do love that. It's funny actually. Now that you say it, um, that does that song does make me feel young again too. And I can actually say that you are nineteen. <laughs> you are still young. <laughs> makes me feel like makes me feel like I was like, twelve. Yeah, like you're twelve. No, that that song does bring about a lot of joy. And um, if you're in a crappy mood and you listen to it, you just feel better. Okay, so we're down to the last two. I've I've only got Great Days or Bloody Stream left. So what do you think my number two is? I think your number two is Bloody Stream. It is in fact Bloody Stream is my number two. Yes. Um, yes. This song. So we have the same number oh, one. See, good. Um, Bloody Stream. Okay, so I have to tell you a story, and this is part of the reason why it ranks so high. I mean, it is a good song. Yeah, it's. I think it fits Joseph very well. It's the first time we heard Coda sing, and Coda's voice is just, just totally amazing. Um, it's, uh, it also has a horn section part, really strong horn lines. Um, even though it, the melody kind of lags a little bit past that intro, which is what I complained about in other songs. For some reason, I'm a, I will forgive it in Bloody Stream, and I don't know why. Maybe it's just because <laughs> we've got the, the Hammond organ in the background kind of grooving pretty hard. Um, and I think Coda's voice, uh, his sustained voice is better than like Tommy's where it's Tommy's is sort of a flat yell, but Coda's got like a little bit of interesting fluctuation going on. But here's the story that really brings it up for me. Um, so I'm finishing part one. Um, it is what I think it's 2018 and, and you have been pestering me for a year to watch Jojo. I have finally done it. Mm -hmm. I have finally watched part one. And I am on the border. I'm like, all right, that was pretty good. You know, I don't get that they killed him. So we're going to get a whole new character. Uh, uh, you know, it was kind of gory. And me and Blood and Gore just don't go well. I get very squeamish. I'm like, is it going to be more of that? You know, why is everybody so muscly? Uh, I was still scarred by Dio making that lady eat her own baby. Because, like, yeah, it's just, ugh. Um, and I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to keep going. Like, I was like, I, I was this close to dropping it. And then the next episode kicks on and this song plays and I'm like, whoa, uh, what is this? And I had to hear the rest <laughs> of the song. I was like, this song is so good. Like, I need to hear this song. And that basically saved, uh, Jojo for me because once the song had gone through, I was like, well, I might as well watch it. Uh, and then... <laughs> And then Joseph uh, came in and won my heart over and I went, okay, I'm in, I'm in. Um, so in a lot of ways, the, the amazingness of this song is why this podcast is here because I might have given up on Jojo had the song not been bloody stream and been that such a high intensity horn section to draw me in and been like, oh, wow, uh, I got to listen to this. I mean, I would have just kept pestering you. Yeah, but... Uh, but you didn't have to because Coda <laughs> sang Bloody Stream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I also like uh. the uh, the remixes of this. There are a couple of really really good ones. Um, I don't know. Just just Google around for them. They're they're pretty good. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just I, I will listen to this song pretty regularly too if I'm in a bad mood or um, it, it makes me feel better. I I, I kind of listen to this song as like a it, it's like one, another middle song, right? Um, I typically use this one to to cool down just a little bit, mm. right? Uh, you know, it's a lot it's it's a lot more smooth than the other ones. Like you know, uh, when I think of uh, Bloody Stream, it's like kind of like a smooth line 
like going up and down kind of yeah you're right it is it, it, it this is even groove more of a groove and more of a flat like less directional song than all the others which is i'm very contradictory but <laughs> i think this the emotional moment of me like saying to stick with jojo is just too too powerful for me so that's why we're here number two uh, right, what do you got for two uh number two uh i mean it's describe a lot crazy noisy bizarre town so then we're just down to yeah. number one great days great days i actually have a specific version in mind Ooh, okay. So there's the regular version and the units version, uh, which has yeah. every singer from every opening up through part four involved. Uh, which one's your 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 better one? Oh, uh, the units. Yeah, version. me too. Easily. Me too. Like, I can I can feel the story when I listen to it, right? And it feels like such, like, a, a good culmination, right? Because, you know, JoJo does get kind of different after part four, um, you know, in a lot of different aspects. So it really does feel like, you know, these four generations of JoJo just coming together and having such a nice time, you know? They've triumphed what they need to triumph, right? The darkness is no more, right? You know... Um, let the voice of love take you higher. Like, I don't want to get cheesy or anything, but like, I kind of take that as like a personal mantra now. Mm. It's, it's just, there's so much to it for me. And it's like a finishing song when I'm like running. It's like the last song that I'll play, um, when I want to just speed up as much as I can mm. before I stop. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, it just bursts me full of energy and hope, and it just brings me back up when I feel like I've been down. <laughs> um... I love the units version because, you know, it feels like Jonathan, Joseph, Jotaro, and Josuke are all there. Um, <laughs> I guess just relinquishing in the idea of, uh, I guess, partially family and partially, you know, the fact that um, love, you know, helps save the day. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's very nice. I really do like it. Yeah. I think there's, so I, I have a very long explanation as to why Great Days is, is hands down technically and emotionally the very best JoJo OP. I'm going to scientifically prove it to you. Um, oh wow! But it, I also will say there isn't. Uh, so I was kind of doing a little comparison right here between the the regular version and the units version. There's like a little bit more energy in the in the units version. I, I can't really explain why. Maybe it's just because there's more people singing, um, and they're more excited. But like the the regular Great Days is also amazing because um, the song is still good. But there's something about um, the energy in the units version. And of course, hearing all these voices that we were familiar with, it's like it's just got a little bit more brightness, a little bit more energy. It makes it like that much better. And I think the the, the portions where, you know, everybody's singing um, really adds to the, the size and the magnitude of the song um, in a way that is just really great. And of course... It's sad that the only time this song plays is at the very, very end of part four, um, yeah. which is probably why I think it carries so much emotional weight for me, especially that version, because it's like I can picture Koichi explaining what happened to everybody, Jotaro and his starfish, Suzuka <laughs> being adopted, 
you know, <clears throat> all that stuff. Um, so emotionally on that level, I, I think it's only used once, it's used at the end, and so it carries that weight. Now, let me explain to you why this is the best song and why I think it, it hits hard for just about everybody. So um, <laughs> I mentioned prior that in Trader's Requiem, um, it was partially composed and arranged by Yugo Kano, right? Um, who is the composer for the background music for parts three, four, and five. <clears throat> I would argue he is, his his background music work it really defines how we think about JoJo music because before that, part one was a, I, no, I can't even remember their name and I feel bad about it, but you know, part one had a very specific vibe. It was very classical, very 1800s, like it was hitting a time period. That's fine. The music is for for the most part, sort of forgetful. Um, except Jonathan's theme is pretty good. But other than that, it was just sort of uh, like following a time period, right? Part two's composer mm -hmm. is uh, Taku Iwasaki, whom I actually love as a composer. He did the uh, soundtrack for Guren Lagann. He did it for Witch Hunter Robin. And both of those are soundtracks that I have and listen to constantly. <clears throat> it's It's one of his weaker... Entries though, I think um I think his work that he did on part two, while some of it was interesting, it, it just didn't it's not as memorable uh, as other stuff. And I think Yugo Kano takes that background music and puts it on another level. Um it's very obviously jazz influenced, um, but also got rock and electronic aspects to it too. And all you gotta really need to hear to know that is the Stardust Crusaders theme. I mean, it's, it's a driving rock beat, but it's got jazz elements. It's got a saxophone solo in the middle of it. Um, but it's got parts where it drops the electronic beat. It does, like, all sorts of stuff. And uh, Yugo Kano is, is the first composer. Well, not the, the first in this in the JoJo, but he's very good at using what's called the light motif, um, which I teased a little bit at the end of the last episode. So a light motif, you would probably Ooh. know better as, like, a, a theme song. Um, and, and you can hear it a lot like in Star Wars, right? So, bum, 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 you know, the, the Imperial March, right? And then when you're watching the movie, you will hear in the background uh, as part of the rest of the music, that theme, like, you know, being played by one instrument or just kind of cuts into that theme for a second and then drifts back out. That's called the light motif, um, often in, attributed to Wagner, who, who used that technique very effectively in, um, his opera series, uh, the Ring Opera series, um, which the the song you might know from that is uh, "Flight of the Valkyries." Dun 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 dun. Yeah. So anyway, um, part three, Yugo Kano does a lot of work with the Stardust Crusaders theme. If you listen to the the three different soundtracks, he uses it all over the place in different variations, different instrumentations, different tempos. Um, and that song, you know, defines part three. 
Um, and then, of course, comes to sort of define Jotaro. Now, part four rolls around. And I feel like the the opening, the first episode of part four is like a masterwork in music uh, in terms of using leitmotifs. So the very first song you hear past Moriocho Radio, because that we got Moriocho Radio in the background. And then um, it cuts to Koichi's mm-hmm. monologue. And then it um, it's jo- you know where he meets Jotaro, and it, it's playing a song from the part four, which is called um, Stardust Man. And it is like a chilled, laid-back version of the Stardust Crusaders theme, um, which makes sense because we're following Jotaro around, right? And so we're hearing his song. And we hear this song basically all the way until we meet Josuke, right? And, and Josuke is getting picked on, and they, they they throw the turtle, and then they make fun of his hair, right? And then you hear mm-hmm. the song that. Da-dum. Right, that one. Stand activated. Right? And you're like, whoa, this is <clears throat> like something's going to go down. So we hear that song, and that becomes part of Josuke's theme. In fact, his actual theme has the same bass line. It also has something that we recognize later. Break down, break down, right? right and so we've we've been hearing this theme for episodes upon episodes like we know that song we may not realize we know that song but we know the song right so we've heard that bass line we've heard the breakdowns we've been watching the show we've gone through all of um crazy noisy bizarre time we've gone through all of chase and then all of a sudden Break down, break down, boom, boom, boo, do, 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 do. So Hugo Kano has primed us for episodes upon episodes for this song. Like it has been programmed into our brain, much of the way like a prelude as uh in in the beginning of a musical kind of primes us to, for hearing the songs. So when we first hear it, it's new and exciting, but it's also simultaneously familiar, um, which I think is the best emotional combination you can get from a song is like, wow, new and exciting, but also like, wow, this seems familiar. Um, And that's why I think Great Days is a masterpiece in in terms of creating an OP and fitting it in with the show, because he wrote it. He wrote the song way before it was ever deployed and he used its themes all throughout the show leading up to it. God, that's a that's a lot to take in. Yeah. I but I can understand exactly what you yeah, mean. Yeah, I could actually I could nerd out about the first episode of of part 4's music forever because there's even a part where um right after Jotaro punches Josuke with a star platinum. It goes into this boom boom
um, type of song. And it, it seems sort of like a nothing, but that's actually from, uh, it's actually from part three. And the song ends, like that quote, part three song ends right before it kicks into the Stardust Crusaders theme. Which I think really kind of emphasizes the fact that like Jotaro was a, on the edge of throwing down. And then of course, Josuke loses his temper and it goes back to, to his theme. So I think it's a really interesting musical interplay between like the handoff of the, the main character going from Jotaro to Josuke. And you would only really catch it if you were a gigantic music nerd like me. <laughs> I got to start being a music nerd. I want to understand so much yeah so go go back and watch that clip everybody and listen to that and then you you can kind of hear it if you're a soundtrack nerd like i am and you've listened to them all um you'll you'll catch it it's it's very interesting <laughs> oh god oh wow listeners be sure to uh <laughs> be sure to tell us your take on this you know uh who's more right uh, it's me, <laughs> by the way. Yeah, does Buddy Stream belong on the top or the bottom? <laughs> <laughs> Is Bloody Stream the best or the worst? Yeah, are we? And I mean, are yeah. we totally wrong about Chase? Like, are we wrong about that? Tell us. Like, write in. Let us know your your rundown. We'll read it on the show. Yes, I I only pray that um <laughs> that you don't go too much into music theory because only one of us can understand that. <laughs> Before we hit meme of the week, can I hit you with one more random music fact that I learned? Of course. Okay. Um, so this this is kind of this is gonna um this is gonna harken back to our persona episode a little bit. Um, oh boy, callbacks. Yeah. So I'm gonna. I don't know if you've ever heard this song. I'm gonna drop it in the chat here for you to hear. You may have heard this. <laughs> so persona. Um, the persona series is is probably known. If for anything other than its story and the romances, it's it's battle music. Um, very unique. I've heard this. Yeah, you've heard this song, right? Yeah, I used it in a little short video I made. Yeah. So one of one of the reasons is that Persona 3 um kind of went out of left field and instead of doing generic like Japanese RPG battle music, um, they had fully vocalized songs that are being sung in the background. Uh, Persona 3's uh, most famous song is Mass Destruction, which is a generic battle theme. Um, and it's got this really cool, like, uh, electronic synthesized, like, a voice going, baby, 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 at the beginning. And then it, it kind of breaks down into this rap part. Well, so I'm listening to this the other day, right? And I'm like, this voice seems really familiar. Like the the rapper, right? So I I start mm -hmm. to dig a little. Coming through, coming through, coming through now? Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> so the rapper is a guy named uh Lotus Juice. 
And he is also the guy who did the rap for um, Overdrive for part two. Wow. And the listeners, the listeners so, just heard me compare the two right there. They heard it. So now, now they're all caught up. Ooh. So, so uh, Jojo referencing Persona is just, <laughs> uh, it makes Persona uh, yet again, a Jojo reference. <laughs> it's just a, an infinite loop of, of back and forth referencing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It's like how, uh, in Jojo, uh, all-star battle they reference the room because joseph says you're tearing me apart lisa lisa oh jeez! it's like the most like out of the way you would not expect this kind of reference wait so does that mean the room canonically exists in jojo oh yes and it means that young joseph has seen it <laughs> i don't know how that works he saw it through <laughs> hermit purple he saw it in the future he saw it he saw it like 80 years in the future. Like what? Could you imagine old <laughs> old Joseph sitting in a movie theater? Somehow he's convinced Jotaro to see the room with him. And he's sitting there going, your next line is you're tearing me apart, Lisa. <laughs> you're tearing me apart. Lisa. George is giving him the stink eye the whole time. <laughs> oh, hi, Mark. Oh, uh. Oh, it's it, it has it has bizarre and <laughs> destructive implications <laughs> for the entirety of the JoJo universe. Yeah, let's let's not spend too much time thinking about that. We're gonna hurt our brains. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I feel like I need to. I feel like I need to cool down. You know, with some memes. Uh, about we say meme of the week. Meme of the week. Yeah. All right. So this week's meme is one that spoke to my soul. Uh, one that made me uh give a good chuckle in like the real world. <laughs> not just the nose exhalation wow so you literally lol'd i literally lol'd guys i literally lol'd what does that stand for again just kidding i know lots of love yeah <laughs> <laughs> i lots of loved in real life i loved the image so it's a picture of an orange with a star on it and the caption says soviet orange but beneath that is someone else commenting on it and it says we clearly see two different things and i think they're referencing a dragon ball right oh, right uh, and then there's another comment below it saying, who did Joseph have to bang to get this to happen? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I just, uh, I, I, I mean, I loved it. It was great. It was by um, uh, <laughs> Jojo underscore S underscore bizarre underscore meme on Instagram. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> it was, I, I loved it. I loved it. Uh, my meme to to continue with the music theme uh, for this week is uh, it's a YouTube video, and there's a couple versions of this, but the one I, I'm picking uh, in particular is by C L O L eleven. It's called "Incursione Goes with Everything," and so it's a a piece of it's a song from part five, "Incursione," where it's like got this like this tense. And then it breaks into the bum bum dum 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 Um and so they just put different clips <laughs> with that song <laughs> underneath it. And it just and, you know they match it up so it fits perfectly. So like the very first one is um a CNN clip that says slowest police chase ever. 
Um, they put it on Endgame right before <laughs> Tony um, hits the the snap. Uh, then there's a, a home video where a little girl gets pulled in by a sea lion. And it's just this song over and over again. It's, it's really great. <laughs> uh, you should check that out on YouTube. <laughs> See, I'm laughing already just thinking about it. <laughs> oh, that's, that's great. That's great. Uh, you know, it'd also be great if you could play us out. Okay, well, um, we hope you've enjoyed this two-parter. Did you enjoy it? Um, let us know. You can get us on Twitter at no dignity pod on Instagram at no underscore dignity underscore podcast. Email no dignity podcast at gmail.com. Or um, you can just leave a voice message on the anchor, anchor.fm slash no dignity. We've got a few already we're working on, but um, you know. Send some more. Again, tell us if we were totally wrong about these OP placements, both visually or for the music. Um, you know, we want to hear what you have to say. Uh, validate my choices, please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, but thanks for listening. Uh, once again, uh, I've been Alejandro. You can find me at AsquidTV on YouTube, AsquidTV on Twitter, and uh, just standard AsquidV on Instagram. Yeah, and if you want more of my stuff that I work on, um, you can get all that at silzeromedia.com. That's S-I-L-Z-E-R-O. It's got my other podcasts, it's got my book, all sorts of things. Um, and then, of course, for this show, patreon.com slash nodignitypodcast if you want to help support us uh, in growing this show to bigger and better things. <sighs> yeah, a.k.a. I may not sound like a tin can. Ah, <laughs> oh, man, man. Uh, did you hear that uh i was really close to placing bloody stream at number eight really no dignity to be continued